Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace and Malik. What's up, man? Not late night, but week three is on. Late night, week three is on. San Francisco's beating the Giants past halftime into the third quarter. And it looks like the Giants may actually cover this one, which is kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Because yep. I had a lot of prop bets going San Francisco's way, and I had a one prop bet them winning by 14 points. So I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, the Giants aren't as bad as I thought, and their defense is stepping up. True, true. Um, yeah. Most people, I mean, this, this, the line coming into this game was, what, 10? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, 10 and 10 and a half, and on the book. Yeah. On MGM so, and uh, Caesars. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that the Giants are sticking with them is, uh, you know, admirable to say the least, especially mm-hmm. after basically six quarters of ineptitude, you know, in, in uh, against Dallas and Arizona. Um, so, yeah, maybe they're not as bad as people. I mean, look, I, I, I said that I thought that the Giants were a much better team than um, people were giving them credit for. Um, didn't think they were better than Dallas or Philly, but um, figured they competitive. They play hard. So, um, and San Francisco is is good, but I think San Francisco can be beat. They're definitely not not a perfect team. So, no, um, but yeah, not by any stretch. Despite what a lot of people like to say about them. Okay, it's funny. You realize, like, before you, you realize. All this talk about like how Dallas hasn't won the Super Bowl since like 1995, and mm-hmm. you know everybody gives gives some crap. San Francisco hasn't won the Super Bowl since '94. That's correct, but nobody cares. But nobody cares to the Super Bowl. They don't have as rapid a fan base. That's true. Um, and also, I'd really like to point out, see, because they have to talk about the last time they were in the Super Bowl, and nobody wants to really do that because then you have to mention right. Colin Kaepernick. So even though we know he's never going to get back into the league, you now, now, like it is, I think it's at the point where it's a bit unrealistic, like he could have had a shot. And honestly, I would have, the only way for him to prove them wrong is to do one of two things. Either A, he could go to the CFL and just beat the crap out of those guys up there over 18, or they play 18 game seasons, you know, which is insane. To mm-hmm. Like, then they talk about how NFL players here can do it. And I'm like, what the hell's going up there with those guys in Canada with their long-term health? If you're playing an 18-game season and you're playing, like, 10 years, you've been right. playing more games in the NFL for, like, decades. You know, not counting preseason. But they start playing yep. in, like, July. So then if he, he could either win up there or when the XFL started or the USFL two years ago, join the USFL team. If they give you a shot, right, go start. And then just go undefeated and be like, I still fucking got it. Now put me in the game. See that? See that, NFL sure. fans? I'm not bad. They just don't want to play me. And I, I believe he wants to play, but he thinks he's earned the right to not have to go back down to that level. And he has, but they never going to give him the chance. But that's why you, yeah, San Francisco hasn't been, they've been good, but San Francisco has been really good. The problem is the Cowboys haven't made an NFC championship game. Uh, I think since like, is it 96? Um, Ninety-five. Was it? Was it the last time they won the Super Bowl? So yeah, it's. It was the last time they won Super Bowl ninety-five. So there are twenty-eight-year-old people walking around who have never seen the Cowboys win anything. 
and you know, 28 year old Cowboys fans who That's are correct. rabid and believe their team's going to win every year, which is probably hey, the. If you're a 32 year old Cowboys fan, you could have two kids, a mortgage, all of that at this point. Probably not a mortgage because, you know, us millennials can't afford houses, most of us. But um, to keep it 100, like, he not, yeah, you you don't remember that. Like, technically, they won when you were three, but like, mm-hmm. you were barely conscious. You was born in 92 or 1990. And they won a bunch during your time. It's just that Emma Smith, you was a memory. You remember him on that Arizona Cardinals. True. Which is just kind of wild to me. Which is so, why I'm 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 kind of happy that that those uh I don't know what commercials what what the commercial was for. But if you watch those commercials with uh, Emmett, oh and yeah, Emmett, Dan Randy Marino, Moss, Dan Marino, and Jerry Rice deciding to play again. Yeah, you know <laughs> I like that. It does make me laugh, but it also I was like, wait a second, Randy Moss ain't as I get he's in the Hall of Fame now, but like he ain't as old as these guys. Like no. they're like they're like pushing sixty. He's like yeah. Forty-eight years old, I think, or forty-seven years old. Like he's, like he was a, drafted in ninety-eight. Yeah, like he was. So he's drafted literally, he's literally like, yeah, he's like, he's probably like three or four years older than us. Yeah. All right. Um, just off rip. This is the most interesting thing to me. All of the teams that are playing each other who have yet to win a game. Want to get into that real quick, and. Who was the most surprising 0-2 team so far through uh, two seasons? Two, two seasons. Two games. Two, two games. Um, so we have – well, let's look at the list of them, right? You have you have the list in front of you? Yeah, I'll read them off. The Broncos, okay. 0-2. Chargers, 0-2. Vikings, 0-2. Patriots, 0-2. Texans, 0-2. Panthers, 0-2. Cardinals, and the Chicago Bears, which is actually yeah. a lot more teams than I thought. I thought there'd be a lot more one-of-one teams. Looking at that, I mean, just kind of look, looking at that list, I think I think the one that stands out to me initially is probably Minnesota. Um, <laughs> not because be, because that loss to Tampa Bay at yeah. home was not it was was really unexpected. Um. So, other than them, like in terms of yeah, in terms of who 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 else? Uh, because you know, again, them losing to um, what do you call it? Them losing to Philly was expected. You know, yes. even if you, regardless of what the spread might have been, like even if you, you thought that they would they would cover the spread, them losing the game was not was not a surprise. Um. So at the very at the worst, you expect it to be one and one. Um, the yeah. the Bengals because of the situation with Burrow, I think I picked against them. I know I picked against them in week one. I think I might have picked picked against them in week two as well. Um, or I think I picked them in week two because they were at home against Baltimore. Yeah, you um, took them. But yeah, but they played they played two division rivals. You know. Um, which are always tough season, games yeah. for them to open up the season, and they were, and and um, Joe Burrow's been dealing with an injury, so mm-hmm. that's not really that shocking. Um, and then the rest of the teams, I mean, I hate to say it, but I hate to say a bunch of Bears or whatever, but the rest of the teams, not really that shocking that they're over to. Maybe the Patriots, um, because I think they played better than zero and two, but they they just played better teams. 
Exactly. Um, yeah. I think they've played. They play. I've watched both of their games. They've played pretty well in both both of their games, but they just played against better competition. Um, so yeah, those would be my top three. It would be Minnesota, Minnesota, Cincinnati, and uh, New England. For me, I'd actually say Arizona because in really? both just of the games, the matchups. Yeah, they, these were winnable matchups for them, and in both of these games, they were leading late in those games. Like they were mm-hmm. up on the Giants by 21 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Which is like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to give that away. The Bears, aside from the offense not being good, which I I just thought the offense would be good, but the defense would be bad. Because I saw the defensive line and like, they got better, but like, they were just atrocious last year. They went from good to really bad, and then they burned a couple guys, and, you know, they still have one sack through two games. Not, Not a good sign. Um, right. Minnesota's defense got worse. So I was like, oh, they could lose both these games. They could put up a million points and lose. And Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is playing really well statistically, and they're still losing. So he's not the problem. You can throw four TDs in one game, you're usually going to win, but he's, you know, he's giving them too many points. Arizona could have split one of those games. Denver should have won the first game, if not for their kicker. Um, they keep talking about Russell Wilson, but he's actually playing reasonably well. And he's not the reason they're yeah. losing. And I no, bet he's, he's not annoying not. his teammates and he's getting the ball out. And he's like, yeah, the defense needs to look at themselves this year, which is, you know, it is what it is, but they'll get it together. And the Chargers are amazing because um, they have not thrown an interception all season. All season. It's two games, but through the two games, they have not thrown an interception. They've lost they two games in overtime. One? Have they gotten an interception? I don't know. But I know that both of their games have ended in overtime. Their defense has been bad. Like Yes. They've scored 50-plus points in two games, and they've lost both games. They lost 36-34 and then 27-24. Right. And they, they lost to – I mean, Miami is obviously a high-powered offense. Losing to them, in, in even in the fashion they lost to them, is yeah. not too big of a shock, but – then they lost to Tennessee, and yes. Tennessee is and, and Derrick Henry didn't have not, a um, had didn't have a hundred yard game, and they still lost. Right, and so Tennessee is not a powerhouse offense in the least bit, and they yeah. still what they gave up twenty seven points to them. Correct. Let's see. They have a couple of sacks. They do not have any. No, they have one interception. J.C. Jackson. Okay. Okay. One pick. And like combine two sacks from Bosa, one from Murray. I think Smack have one. Mac does not have one. Yeah. He just has a pass defended and a, oh, forced fumble. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's the surprising so- one. I I, I picked the, the Chargers to be good, so I, I think we all we all kind of did. Yeah. But I mean, still the 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 whole Brandon Staley skepticism definitely existed, lingered for me at least. Yeah. Um. On the flip side of that, we have eight teams that are two and zero. Yes. Um. Total, only two in the AFC, Miami yes. and Baltimore. Everybody else has has a loss already. But in the NFC, we have Dallas, Philly, Atlanta. San Fran, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest shock 
to you and Washington. I'm positive in Washington. So nine the teams N- in total. The biggest shock to me is that anyone in the NFC South is two and zero. Yeah. Um. You, if you told me Tampa was going to beat Chicago, okay, but I didn't expect them to beat Minnesota on the road. Um, mm-hmm. New Orleans won a game in which the other team didn't score a touchdown. So, okay, I get it. But last week they were playing Carolina, so that's just a you know a version of matchups. And then Atlanta being two and zero is probably the most shocking thing because Arthur Smith is clearly trying to not have Desmond Ritter throw as much as possible, which is why Drake London didn't get a catch in Week One and had like five in Week Two with one touchdown. And Kyle Pitts is not getting any targets, and he's like an amazing, yeah. talented, like they drafted a tight end with a top five pick before they had a quarterback. Like that was Matt Ryan's last season there. And they were like, no, we'd rather have a, a tight end, which kind of let me think, oh, Matt Ryan's going to be here for a while or until he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they're 2-0. and So the talent they put on the offensive side of the ball between Pitts, Bijan, and Algier, it's been enough to get them to 2-0, and which is kind of amazing. They've only well, given we'll up points. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to them when we do our picks. I, yeah, the defense and is that impressive. Washington is shocking. Washington's 2-0, which mm-hmm. means Daniel Snyder was a curse because uh, if you told me this team was 2-0 and not the Giants, I'd have been shocked. There's two divisions with three teams that are 2-0. and Yeah. And the NFC yep. South is one of them who was the worst division in football last year, record-wise and talent-wise, actually. And expected to be so, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm not shocked by Baltimore or Miami. I don't know about you. No, no, I'm not. Um, I think there's, I think there's pretty much a. I think Baltimore, because they played against Cincinnati, you definitely could have seen them play against beat, beat Cincinnati. And their first win um, was against, who was that against? Wasn't against Cleveland. It was um, against Houston. At yeah. Home. Yeah. So that first win against Houston, you expected that. And then, the, then, then, then to defeat Cincinnati, like, and talking about Burrow and, and their situation over there. So no, not, not a surprise. Um, and Miami, that offense, you, you you're never surprised. One of the things is like you're never surprised if they can they can put up points because you know they can put up points in bunches. So you're never surprised when they when they win. Um, so yeah, those two those two are pretty pretty. You know, I think my my biggest my biggest surprise is actually New Orleans. Um, they haven't played a good game yet. I've watched both of their games. I watched that game against Tennessee. And I watched that game against Carolina. They have not played a good offensive game yet. Derek Carr has looked basic. He's looked kind of mid the entire time. Um, you can tell that they're missing Alvin Kamara uh, in that offense in terms of just being able to make plays in the offense. And they're winning, you know, they're winning with defense, definitely winning with defense. But, you know, the fact that you scored, what was it 15 or 16 in the first game and 23 in the second game? And you're able to squeak out victories, even against the, even against the a, you know rookie quarterback in in Bryce Young. But Bryce Young lit him up. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers were pretty good. They favored in yeah. his favor in that game. Um, just couldn't get the touchdowns. Couldn't couldn't get the couldn't get the points on the board. But New Orleans has not played 
really great, which to me, I think bodes well for them going forward because you just assume that they're going to get better as the year goes on. And so these these two wins that they have in their back pocket uh, helps them with that. So they're probably the biggest shock to me at 2-0. Everybody else, um, even Atlanta, um, they played Green Bay. They played Carolina, of course, and then they and they played Green Bay at home. And I figured that was going to be a good game and would, 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 you know, get down to the wire. I picked them last week. So not really surprised that Atlanta's, Atlanta is where they are. I picked Atlanta against Green Bay because I just knew once Aaron Jones was going to play, there goes your offense. Mm-hmm. Because after I saw them play against the Bears, the Bears put up 20 points on them at home. And the majority of their offense was giving the ball to Aaron Jones and then the Bears missing tackles and not being able to contain him. And that opened up everything else for the Packers. And I was like, oh, so they got one guy who's really carrying it for them this year. The quarterback is good, but not a world, you know, he's he's not exactly Patrick Mahomes level or Aaron Rodgers level. He's not, he's above replacement, but like, he's, I don't know he's going to get them to the playoffs. Like, I don't expect that. So, we'll see. No. All right, let's get into these games real quick. Um, We have Tennessee at Cleveland. Tennessee is getting three points at Cleveland. I'm going to take Tennessee, not just due to the fact of the injury to Derrick Henry, uh, to, sorry, to Nick Chubb, but really based on the fact that um, I don't see Cleveland's quarterback, Sean Watson, is not playing so great. And they got to win that first week, and Tennessee is getting better. Tannehill is improving. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is still on schedule to play somehow. And, you know, I don't expect Derrick Henry to just come out here and destroy them. But um, Cleveland's defensive line is great. Their defense is great. But Tennessee has shown they're this team that will just grind out wins. And even on the road, they will find a way to beat them 15-13. And they're getting three points, so I'm taking Tennessee. Um, The Cleveland situation is is tough because – I'm actually surprised that Cleveland's favored here. I mean, I know they're home, um, and Tennessee has been a little bit up and down. Um, but the fact that they lost Nick Chubb in that situation, and they're you know kind of just piecing it together with a you know with uh, Jerome Ford, who again not not taking anything away from him, but you know he's not Nick. Like there's not many people that are Nick Chubb yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. Nobody so, can replace um, that talent. Yeah, so I'm actually a little surprised that Cleveland is getting is, is favored here. I would, if anything, I would have looked at this to be a pick, um, even because Tennessee did look also pretty look look pretty good against um, against the Chargers last week, which was you know what we were talking about. Um, maybe this is trending towards Cleveland's defense being you know a, a top unit, um, mm-hmm. which and they've played well this they played well so far. I'm gonna take Tennessee too. Um, I don't. I'm not locking it in, but um, I am a little surprised about this number, um, even though Cleveland is at home um, because of the because of the loss of Chubb, and then also Deshaun Watson just hasn't looked good at all um, so far yeah. this season. He's been he's been really struggling, um, and yeah, so I'm a little shocked about that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tennessee, and I'll take I'll play the under. The over under is 39 and a half here, so I, I'll yeah. play the under on this one. I think that year away from football is really affecting it. Um, I'm going to take the under as well. If these teams score more than 40 points combined, I'll be shocked. Uh, this might be the lowest scoring game all week. 
if you have anybody on your fantasy team outside of the defenses on this team, yeah, don't put them in. If you have Amari Cooper, put them on the bench. No one's going to come out of here with like eight, nine, ten catches. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be tough. I mean, if you got Derrick Henry, I guess you got to play him. But, um, you know, if you could pick up Algier or a running back and even the Jets New England game, yeah, I would, uh, I would go that route. Next, we have Atlanta at Detroit, your two home teams, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> two favorite teams in the NFC. I'm going to let you go first on that one. I think the spread is three, and the over-under on that is, what is that, 46? Yeah, 46 and a half, yeah. Um, Detroit lost a tough game last week, um, home against Seattle. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm starting to think that Seattle has our number. Um it's really upsetting because last year losing to Seattle was the what wound up being the thing that kept the, the kept us out of the playoffs. Um, because obviously we finished with the same record as Seattle, and because Seattle had beaten us, they got in and we didn't. Um, so you know that loss is tough. Lions are also really banged up. Um, C.J. Gardner Johnson maybe out for the season with a torn pec. Um, David Montgomery got injured. Damn, I didn't um, know he got hurt. Hmm. Yeah, um, Dave Montgomery got hurt with a, I think a thigh, a thigh bruise or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. He may, he may play, but um, and then you know just like some other guys uh, on on the on the roster that got just got dinged up. Even Amon Ross St. Brown got dinged up a little bit during the game. He was able to uh, fight through it and especially especially play. But you know, just a lot of a lot of little little nicks and bruises. Um, not gonna lie, it's only two weeks in, but Bijan Robinson scared the hell out of me. Um, Atlanta, really, you know, there's a reason why I drafted him in in the main leagues that I that I play in. Um, I play in about five leagues total, total but the, the two primary leagues, your league and my league, um, that I play in, I made sure to get him in both of those. Um, and but yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Um, he's yeah. an incredible back, and he's doing a lot of incredible incredible things i'm gonna take i don't like this number i like detroit to win the game but i don't like this number i think this this number is a little bit a little bit three points you don't think they're three points better than the Falcons? i, I, I just i i just have a feeling that they're gonna be that they're gonna wow. be in a, in a bit of a fight here um yeah, yeah. Atlanta's, okay. atlanta's playing with some atlanta's playing with some real you know some real some um, real momentum you know yes. after winning those two games and, and winning that game and Dramatic fashion against uh, Green Bay last week. It helps you um, play in the dome too. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take Detroit. I'll take Detroit. I'll lay. I'll lay the three. But this is not a best bet for me. I'm not. I'm not feeling comfortable about it. I think this. I think this game goes down to the wire and gets gets might even go to overtime again. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But I do. I, cause I told you, I did like Atlanta coming into the season. I thought Atlanta was a good team. Um, I thought they were. They're young. You did. You had them to win the NFC South. Yeah, they're young, and I and I don't I don't think that they're uh, I think I think they're young, and their their offense is catered around something that Arthur Smith is very very uh, very comfortable with. So yes, I'll take Detroit to win the game, uh, and I'll I'll lay the three, but I'm not feeling good about it. I'm taking Detroit because of two things: their defense is much better than Atlanta's. Uh, Josh Reynolds showed me that he's really good as the second receiver. And if Amon Ross St. Brown is on the field, they're going to have to pay attention. to him. And also your tight end, Sam Laporta, is, is quality. I think 
the fact that Atlanta is not actively trying to beat people by throwing the ball, and we're just going to keep giving the ball to Bijan and Tyler, which, yo, the fact that Texas wasn't better with him really shows me how down <laughs> University of Texas was, because this dude is nice. Like, he really I'm is. not going to, like, he, he reminds me of, like, Ricky Williams good. Like, that's how good I think his NFL career can be. But and and they're running it. They're they're like if you watch video, watch the uh, like frames. They've got him going everywhere. He's he's yeah. they're using him kind of like the way San Francisco uses McCaffrey. Yeah, and I was you know what speaking of that even I was thinking about this and I was like because I was thinking about what I was going to say in the podcast this week and I was thinking about the games and I was like you know there really haven't been two people who can run and catch since like um uh, Damian Tomlinson and Marshall Falk and I'm like. I guess really it's only Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, wait a second. And then I looked at Bijan. I was like, oh yeah, he's he's doing this in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. So if he's that good, yeah, maybe they can get this. Maybe they can win by you know the Lions win exactly by three. But I think the Lions are going to win this. I wouldn't say easily, but I think the Lions are going to somehow you know get two field goals and beat them by four points or six points or whatever it is. But I feel comfortable to say the Lions should win this game, and I expect them to. They have a much better quarterback. They have a better pass rush. Corey Gardner-Johnson being out does affect the secondary, but you brought a level of toughness out there that I don't think they're going to lose, and they got a good defense board and just better defensive players, in my opinion. So I expect mm-hmm. the Lions to be – both of these teams will be 2-1 and one after this game. So I'm going with Detroit at home. I don't expect them to drop another one in front of their home fans. Um, I next don't up, either, but I'm scared. You know, yeah. that's that might be fandom talking and just, have, just seeing my team not – that's the other thing. Uh, before we go, Detroit yeah. hasn't rushed the passer very well, and yeah. you want to see Desmond Ritter. And they w- did not play well against both Patrick Mahomes and Geno Smith. Were able to, you know, make some make make things very frustrating with their ability to escape the pocket and yes. and make and and you know extend the plays and stuff like that with their mobility. Desmond Ritter is known for his mobility, so it's going to be something to watch to see if if, uh, if Detroit can get home. Because if they can, then yes, this game, I think this game definitely trends towards Detroit winning outright. But if they can't, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, they're getting away with a lot of holding calls on uh, a lot of holds on your uh, star defensive end there, number one overall yeah. pick. Forget about it, man. It's crazy. So, I've been watching. I'm like, yo, he's complaining a lot. I've seen it in some of these red zone plays. I, I love the red zone channel. I'm I'm not going to – the only team I want to see the entire game of is the Bears. I'm going to keep it on. But um, I do go back and, like, watch these clips and everything to see what's going on. Next up, we got Green Bay hosting the New Orleans Saints, uh, 2-0 versus a 1-0, 1-1 team. This is a very small spread. Green Bay is only favored by two points. I think even um, MGM actually has it at plus one and a half just to make sure that, you know, nobody walks away with too much money. Uh, this could come down to a field goal game. New Orleans' defense, I think, is going to travel. That pass rush should be good. This really is dependent on Aaron Jones playing, which he's still questionable this week, um, still nursing that injury. And Christian Watson, their deep ball threat, is also not there. Um, I don't feel very confident picking New Orleans here. I like their running back. I like their – I like the pass rush and I like the defense. But as you mentioned earlier, this is kind of surprising you. But they're just finding ways to win. And Dennis Allen is a good coach, and I, I get why they gave Derek Carr that contract. Um, he's a good quarterback, and he sees things where he can, you know, find someone on a deep pass. I am going to – I want New Orleans to win, but I don't know if they actually will. 
I'm going to take Green Bay. Um, they have a really good offensive line. And if Jordan Love is as good as he's shown through the first two games in terms of not turning the ball over and being able to get the ball downfield to these receivers, they should win. They should win this game by a field goal, at least. Like, they really should. I don't think they're feeling any pressure seasons early, but they should win this game. It, this, this should be an easy one for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I wish New Orleans was playing better complementary football in all three phases of all, all three phases of the game, and I would I would feel much more comfortable picking them here. Um, this is their second straight road game. They did not look good against Carolina on Monday night. Um, short week for them, obviously. And, you know, they've got to go to a tough environment. And this is, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking this is, this is Green Bay's home opener. Um, right. So this is, yeah, Jordan Love and, and the Packers' first opportunity to go play in front of the home crowd in a big game. So I, I, I trend towards Green Bay here. Um, also, because the number is so low, um, I actually think that this number should probably be a little bit, a little bit higher with Green Bay being at home. And the fact oh, that they I know why it's so low. Uh, why? Because of Bakhti- the Jones injury? Jones, Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins. So Bakhtiari is their okay. starting left tackle. Yep. Um, but he's been out all year so far. Jenkins, yes. Yet. Yes, that's true. But Bakhtiari has not. Bakhtiari played the Bears game, and he was absent from the last game, which would explain why they did not play as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's that. And then there's a player who – Jamal oh, Williams is hurt. Jamal Williams. I don't know if he's playing though. Even their punter is expected to dress, but he has an issue with his. He has a hand injury. And mm-hmm. Lucas Van Ness, there's one of their starting linebackers. It is unsurprised. It is questionable due to his elbow injury. So a lot of injuries popping up uh, throughout Wednesday and Thursday through the injury report, which is why we film this on Thursdays. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I think we're. I think we're in. We're in lockstep here. Green Bay. Hmm. Uh, Gr- Green Bay here. For me as well. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm switching my pick. I think the Saints are going to pull an upset now. Oh really? Okay. If Boxyar is not playing, then yeah, Cam uh, was that uh, defensive lineman who the defensive end who's doing the uh, commercials. Cam Jordan. Talking about Cam Jordan. Talking about what he did in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. That one always makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, Taking New Orleans. I think they can. I think they can pull the upset here. Uh, Boxyar is out, and everybody else is playing hurt. Yeah, and they're starting linebacker. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely. Uh, give New Orleans some wiggle room to to improve again on another week and, you know, get it together and get this done. I'd probably be more worried about the Bakhtiari thing if I didn't feel like Jordan Love could escape the pocket and make some plays with his feet. Well, no, it's not that, but, like, if Watson also wasn't playing, like, you know. Well, yeah, and Watson missed – yeah, he missed the game against with Atlanta. First two um, games, yeah. There are the receivers – there are the receivers have stepped up, Dobbs, Jordan Reed. Um, yeah. who nobody knew about. You know, they they've stepped up and played well. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a good matchup. But I feel like this number is just a little bit too too low for me. I could I could definitely see. Is Mason Crosby still the kicker for this team? Mm, I feel like he's no. he's been here for thirty years. Is he? Um, no, hold on. Who's their kicker? He was there he, last year. I mean, I, I found out just before the beginning of the season that um. San Francisco got rid of their kicker, who they got from the Bears. Who I only remember him because he was one of the last players in the league from the team that went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Robbie Gould, he's gone. So you know, mm. and he was like the most accurate kicker ever. And they were like, I was surprised they got rid of him because I don't think he asked for a raise. But he's probably like forty now. But even still, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I don't I don't see Crosby on the roster, but he probably is still there. They're the special teams players of the last starters, but yeah. Okay, okay. Um yeah, so I, I think it's gonna be a field goal game for me. And right. uh yeah, I, I trended towards Green Bay. I'm gonna say they're gonna run a trick play with um their favorite quarterback slash tight end slash running back slash receiver. And that's how they get over on this one. A little Taysom Hill action. <laughs> I'm gonna take a prop bet on Taysom Hill anytime T D. That's how New Orleans wins. I think that's a good one. All right. Next up, we have Denver at Miami. Miami is favored by six and a half points. Um, yeah, I see why they are. Um, Denver's defense is really bad this year. Well, I was going to say really bad. They're giving up more points than, the other, than they're scoring. And Russell Wilson is not the problem. He's not having a lot of turnovers. He's had two games in a row with multiple TD passes. They don't have a bell cow running back. Um, I don't think this roster was built to win now. I don't know if they were built to win now last season. But um, they may need to trade for Jonathan Taylor and pay him. Because uh, this ain't it. Uh, I am going to have to take Miami here. I think they're going to go 3-0. I think Russell Wilson has another good offensive game, but Miami's defensive line is good. Christian Wilkins is uh, getting a lot of pressure through the middle. Denver's offense is clicking, and they're playing well. Jerry Judy played. But, uh, yeah, I think Miami is going to win this game by a touchdown. I have faith in that. And I'm going to take Miami for my first lock of the week. I think this is kind of a gimme here, honestly. Yeah, you jumped, you, 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 you jumped a gun with me here, too. too. I, I locked them in as well. Um, again, this is another home opener. Um, Miami, they won their first two games on the road. Um, and so this is the first home opener for Miami. Um, and they get a great matchup against a Denver team that's on that's just not playing well on both sides of the ball. Uh, we've already got Sean Payton calling out the, the team, calling out his quarterback. I don't know why he's you calling know, out the quarterback. Uh, I think he's doing I, that just so people don't think he's, you know, playing favorites. But yeah, why playing is he calling out the quarterback. I, I, that's that's probably my that's my best bet is that he just doesn't want to be seen as playing favorites or or you know, uh, you know catering to to Russell Wilson, um, and it is a team effort, right? So you you, you don't want to be seen mm. as the guy that's like you know mm. not acknowledging. Model's not going to play it, though, you know. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't. My personal feelings. I don't. I don't think that makes a big deal difference. Um, you know, Denver's got some really good corners. Uh, that's they've still got some good corners. They can still rush the passer with Bradley Chubb. I'm sorry, not Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's in Miami. Um, nice. They can rush the passer, but um, I just don't see them being able to score enough points to to stay with Miami, even with even without Jalen Waddle. Um, I think between Mostert, Tyreek Hill, and um, and and, and, <laughs> and and Tua, like they're going to be able to you know score enough points against my against denver to keep them at bay so touchdown you know giving up a touchdown here i'm not that worried about so i'm gonna take miami and lock them in as well all right yeah i think raheem Mostert's is gonna have a big game in this game i think he's gonna have to for them to win and miami's been playing well waddle's still in concussion protocol so yeah. he is unlikely to play as he did not suit up wednesday and thursday so i don't just i just don't think he has enough time to get um healthy to get into the game but, right. you know, if he takes a week off, I think that's good for him uh, in terms of protecting his brain long term. And Miami will still win and he'll get, you know, a week rest. Next up, we got the Chargers at Minnesota. Two 0-2 teams that have been putting up a lot of points. 
Oh, and the over-under on the Green Bay and New Orleans have taken the over. It is um, 42 and a half. And on the Broncos, it is 48 for the Broncos-Dolphins. I'm going to take the under on that. That is going to be a surprising low-scoring game, but the Dolphins will win. Um, next up, we have the Chargers-Vikings. Guess what the over-under on this game is, Malik, unless you're looking at it already. Uh, 50. Wait, Chargers and the Vikings? Yeah, Chargers at Vikings. 52. 54 and a half points. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Two 0-2 teams <laughs> with a one-point spread, and the, and the over-under is 54 and a half, which means they expect each team to score 28, four touchdowns each. Are they assuming that neither defense is going to show up? I mean, like, they're just going to be Basically, there. They're just going to be I mean, there, run around, do what you got to do. They'll technically be getting paid and on the field. Not technically, they'll technically be playing football, but they won't be playing football. Is what they're saying. Like you're here, but I mean, mm-hmm. they don't expect Bosa or Mac or anybody to get a pick or a sack fumble or nothing. Or maybe they're counting on even the defenses will score. Who knows? Um, I can't imagine both of these teams are just going to keep giving up more and more and more points. Uh, sadly for Minnesota, I expect them to be zero and three. Uh, I cannot imagine how the Chargers can. Herbert has not thrown an interception. They've managed to run the ball whenever they wanted against Miami in week one. Um, Eckler was out the second week. They still were able to run the ball with Kelly pretty well. They were still able to score against Tennessee. I expect more of the same against Minnesota, whose defense I have no faith in. Um, Their defense is low-key terrible. And I think last week really proved it when – Kirk Cousins took four TDs, and they were like, "Yeah, we still, we can't stop him. I'm sorry, we were, we just, we're not built for that." Um, they gave away apparently their best defensive lineman to Cleveland. They traded him, and then you know Patrick Peterson got old, so they don't have any you know top corners. So they're gonna have to rebuild their defense through the draft, and that's gonna be a while. So Minnesota last year, you got into the playoffs. This year ain't your year. Chargers, uh, I expect y'all to win. I'm gonna take. In terms of the charges, I'm going to lock in. Over, under, this is actually tough. It's 54 and a half points. It's like college football line. Like, are they both going to score 30? I'm going to I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to say this will be, if you're watching the Red Zone channel, you're essentially just going to be watching this game at 1 o'clock. <laughs> because it's just going to be all touchdowns. They're constantly going to be in the Red Zone. So there you go. They're never going to not have this on. That's what I'll say. That's probably you're probably right about that. Um, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take Minnesota. I'm not locking it in. Um, you know, obviously it's a one point spread, so you don't really expect. You know, that's Vegas basically saying that this is these are two teams that are are, are pretty almost almost identical to one another. Um, and the fact that Minnesota is a home underdog after you know playing pretty well, at least on one side of the ball um, against Philadelphia, against the NFC, you know, the defending NFC champions. Um, that, to me, that bodes well for them. Um, I think the, the biggest issue that they've had so far, they haven't they haven't gotten much out of their run game from Alexander Madison. Uh, they made, so they made a trade this week uh, with the Rams for Cam Akers. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Saving we'll my see what happens season. there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll see. We'll see if he, if he's able to provide a spark. Maybe not this week, you know, because it is he was traded on Wednesday, so it's possibility nope. that he's going to be. I mean, he, I'm not saying he won't play. Just give him the ball; he'll score. He he'll figure it it's out. Possible that he won't have, you know, the 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 offensive 
systems down yet, the blocking schemes, all of that stuff. So um, maybe there's more of a split this time around. But I think moving forward, this is they, they've obviously brought him in to help bolster their their rushing attack because Madison wasn't getting it done. Um, but I think that this 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 Minnesota offense is is definitely capable between Cousins and uh, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you know, all those guys, like, you know, they're perfectly capable of, of scoring 35 points against this Chargers defense. And it's just crazy to say a team that has, you know, um, Mac and Bosa and Derwin James and, and you know, all of the, all of the names, the names on it. Yeah. JC Jackson. JC Jack, like, hasn't been able to get it done on that side of the ball. You have to figure that they will at some point in time. I'm assuming that they'll get their act straight in um, when they get back home uh, in, in L.A., uh, which I believe they'll be at back home next week. So I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm not locking it in because I feel like this game really could go either way. Um, Justin Herbert is having a good season. Uh, Kirk Cousins is like the number one the number one quarterback in fantasy football right now. So, you know, nuts. Um, <laughs> nobody ever expected that. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take Minnesota to to, to, to win this, and I, and I like the home dog here. So I'll, I'll roll with them. Neither of these teams have covered a spread so far through two games. I just yeah, like to point that out to our listeners. Because they're pretty much like, look, anybody that wins the game should will cover, damn it. That's correct. Well, yeah, so I guess this this might just go to a pick them on the books by uh, Sunday, depending on where the money goes. That's kind of yeah, wild. I can see that. I think most of the, sh- the heavy bettors are going to stay away from this one. They might lean on that over because both of these teams have gone over except one game with Minnesota and the first one with uh, Tampa. Yeah. Tampa doesn't have much of a uh, big offense unless you're handing them the ball on the goal line. Um, New England at the Jets. This is a blood rivalry game between Bill Belichick and the New York region in general. Uh, the New York Jets are 1-1, and and the Patriots are 0-2 for the first time since Tom Brady has retired. Um, since he's been on that team, they have not started 0-2 in, I think, uh, something like 24 seasons. What's crazy to me is that I just heard the stat recently that every time Tom Brady took a snap during the regular season, his team was never eliminated from the playoffs until after that, until ever. He never took a snap. Mm-hmm. His team was eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> this man played 22 seasons, correct? For 22 seasons or 23? I forget. Uh, started in 2001? 22 seasons. 2001, yeah. So he... he... Yeah, retired in oh last year 23 22 22 20 22 seasons the jets are getting three points at home um the patriots defense is good the jets defense was better they will get up for this game they will make sure they do not lose to the pass um the weather is going to be terrible on the east coast it's going to be raining all week i'm going to be taking the unders on every outdoor game there is the over-under for this game is 36 and a half points. So the books know that as well. This will be a 13 to 3 game or a 13-10 game. I'm gonna lean on the Jets since they're at home. Um, some books have them getting plus two and a half, some have them getting three. I'm taking the Jets getting three points at home. This is gonna be, or even getting two and a half, it's gonna be my second lock of the week. I just have no faith that uh Bill O'Brien is gonna be able to overcome this. Um, New England Patriots running back is pretty good, but the Jets run defense is going to be locked in. 
And somehow I think Jets are going to be okay because they're going to win most of their division games. So there we go. Um, just just to note, this is your third lock. You locked in the Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Unless, you want, unless you want to take those. Okay. No, I'm going early because um, I don't like the 4 o'clock games. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going the other way here. I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to go with New England. New England doesn't look bad. Um, two games, one against Philly, one against Miami, better teams, better opponents, better, better talent. Um, but New England's held their own. And yes. this game, you know, this game against the Jets team that's still trying to figure their way out of the situation with losing Aaron Rodgers. Um, they played against a really good Dallas team uh, a week ago. And, you know, aside from a 70 yard touchdown completion to Garrett Wilson, it wasn't much to talk about with that Jets team. It was not much to talk about with that offense. Um, they did not look good. Uh, New England's defense is, is is good. Has been really good against some high-powered offenses, and they're not going to play one this week. So I am, I'm, I'm gonna. I think the best bet to your point. I think the best bet is the under here. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking something like seventeen ten. Um, yeah, mm, lower 20, 20 to 13, something like that. Um, and and for New England to get get a win, get get out of New York, uh, get out of New York with a victory and send the Jets fans reeling and wanting to <laughs> trade for another <laughs> trade for a quarterback as soon as freaking possible. Yeah, James uh, Winston in here. here. Um, yeah, I, I just have a feeling that's that's gonna happen, and it wouldn't, it, it would, I, I'm pretty sure it would please. It wouldn't please. It couldn't please Bill, Bill Belichick enough to make, <laughs> the, Jets, season. make the Jets miserable and make the Jets fans miserable and get Man. his first win of the season. In, you know, in in New York. So I'm going to take New England and uh, and the under. Nothing would make the rest of the NFL coaches happier than to see the Jets beat the Patriots and have them go zero and three in Bill Belichick's tenure for the first time ever. I don't think they've lost three games in a row since that Cam Newton season when uh, COVID happened. Yeah, it's been a really. I don't even I really know if it happened I, then. They won seven games then. I remember. I remember a stat about like the last time he like I think it happened. I think it's happened once it's been because I remember a stat or I remember a conversation where they were like, "Oh, the last time this happened, he was a head coach of the Cleveland Browns." It was like, "Damn, okay." That was ninety three. It's like, okay. Um, yeah, I just I, it's hard. To, it's hard to see. It's hard to predict a New yeah. England Patriots team, even one that is as mediocre. Well, this? Their as best this wide receiver is Kendrick Bourne. And how do you it, think that's gonna that, go in a rain soaked game being guarded by uh Sauce Gardner? I but I don't think this is I don't think this is a this is a I don't think this is a game uh what do you call it? It's a passing game, right? This is a running so, game. So fifteen nine. So fifteen right. nine Jets. This is Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott just earn their money running downhill and and you know playing playing oh, possession by possession and controlling the, the game controlling the line. My money That's is it. on the Jets. They they have a better defensive line, offensive line wise. I don't know if they're better, but I I will take the Jets defensive line over New England's any day. If it's just going to come down to whose defense is possibly going to get you some points on a fumble or something bad happening like Zach Wilson can hand off the ball 45 times at least yeah. I'll, I'll say this 
it really lets me know how good of an offensive coach Bill O'Brien is. Now, in terms of uh, getting along with his players, I don't know. But he definitely is a really good offensive coach. And I see why the Texans went to the playoffs so many times and why they won the Super Bowl with him and Brady and why that worked out so well. Because him with Mac Jones, Mac Jones has looked much, much better from last season or this season. So coaching matters, which will come up later. Uh, Buffalo at Washington. Buffalo is favored by six and a half points on the road. That is a lot. And the over-under is 43 and a half points. This is probably the biggest home dog of the week. Uh, Malik, go ahead. Um, Buffalo is an inter- interesting team here. Um, we've seen bad Josh Allen. We've seen good Josh Allen. And good Josh Allen was against a bad Raiders team. Bad Josh Allen was against a good Jets defense. I think this really leans on what do you think about the Washington the Washington Commanders defense? What do you think that they are capable of? And I believe they're getting Chase Young back this week. Um, I read that somewhere that he was returning. Um, played a little bit last week with the neck injury, but he'll be back this week. Yeah, so he'll be he'll be playing. Um, also, I'm not sure what the status of Terry McLaurin is. I'm going to take a quick look at that to see if um, McLaurin is actually scheduled to play because that could you know sway things uh for me um six and a half points is a lot to, is a lot to lay on the road uh and i don't Brian i don't Robinson's like healthy. this yeah Brian robinson's healthy um yeah six and a half is just a lot to lay on the road against the team that against the team in washington that's actually playing pretty well um especially on the on the offensive side of the ball i'm sorry on the defensive side of the ball and sam howell hasn't looked bad so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Washington here, um, covering covering the number. Uh, maybe they don't win the game, but covering the number against a, a really good Buffalo team is probably um, is probably still figuring themselves out on on that side of you know, on, on that side of the fence. Get a get a tough hard hard fought win, and uh, stay and stay in first place or stay uh, you know with Miami as much as they possibly can in the division until that matchup happens. So. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Washington to cover. I think Buffalo wins the game, and the over under here is 43 and a half. I'm gonna take the over. I feel like this. I mean, unless the weather is gonna be bad in DC, it's gonna force them to run oh, the football. Outside. The entire East Coast, it's gonna be raining. It's weird. So, okay, like literally from like Jacksonville to New England, because we were supposed to go apple picking, and it's like a 98 percent chance of rain. I was like, yeah, let's not do that. Mm. So there's so there's there's that you know in terms of just the you know, the weather kind of slushing the game up a little bit, but I still think, you know, Josh Allen and the um, and the Buffalo offense can get it done. So I'm going to take, I'll take Washington to cover, but I think Buffalo wins the game. And I'm taking, the over. I agree with you, except for the over. I'm going to take Washington to cover because they're at home and the weather's going to be bad. Um, there may be one big pass play. This is the area where Stephon Diggs, I think he's from Maryland. I'm not sure, but I know he went to University of Maryland. Um, him and McLaurin actually Washington I expect them to keep this close I'm going to bet on Eric Bieniemy. Um, they could surprise and get the win they, they've gotten two wins already Sam Howell looks good he's competent and he's not turning the ball over so give me the commies I think uh, it's all that Magic Johnson luck of him owning the team and uh, yeah they're going to they're definitely going to cover I will have this 
probably on one of my parlays, it's like a super long shot, but we'll see. But yeah, give me Washington and take the under for sure, for sure. Next up, we have Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South matchup with the Houston, with the Houston Texans. One of the biggest spreads of the week, Houston is getting 10 points on the road. The over-under in this game is 44.5 points. Some uh, books have it plus 9.5, plus 8.5. Either way, they got to win by 10 points or more Jacksonville. I'm going to take Houston. I don't think Jacksonville is going to blow them out. I think Houston has been playing pretty well. C.J. Stroud is actually really confident for a rookie. That game last week was fun to watch. Indianapolis won, but I'm going to be leaning on the Houston Texans to cover the spread here. Um, you with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, you said you got Houston to cover the spread, right? Yep, I got Houston to cover the spread, getting nine and a half, ten points. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take the over on this one. And the over. Okay. Um, I'm leaning Jacksonville, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think Jacksonville is a is a team that's on the rise, getting that victory last week. Um, I'm sorry, getting the, getting the victory in week one. I was really impressed by the way they played defensively against Casey. Um, and, and it could be. Oh, it's not Casey. that I don't think that Jacksonville will win. I just don't think Jacksonville will cover. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. Um, it could be that, that Casey, you know, just played like, Casey, Casey just still, is still trying to find their footing on the offensive side of the football, but I was impressed by what Jacksonville did defensively, and I just don't think that they're going to be um, having they're going to have much trouble scoring the football against uh, against against Houston. Now, I guess here's here's my follow up: is is the bad weather going to make it all the way down the East Coast to Jacksonville too? Um, because if it is, then then maybe maybe I, I trend a little bit towards um, towards towards Houston covering the number. Um, but I think this is a I think Jacksonville's ten points better than the better than the te- better than the Texans. Hold on a second. And I want to look that up. Yeah. They um, should. They have a running game. Jacksonville. Yeah. They have a solid running game. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. They've got good receiving options and Christian Kirk and uh, Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram tight end position, um, you know, so they can make some things happen there. Uh, Travis Etienne is a, is a capable running back, you know, um, in this offense. And the defense is 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 one of you know is is a, is a good you know overall solid unit. So um, Houston just has way too many holes to me to be a, a team that can put together sixty minutes and you know, run it down. I, I can see this getting similar similar to the score that we just saw here um, with San Francisco and the Giants, somewhere like 30 to 12, 30 to 18, something like that, that um, that trends in Jacksonville's paper. So, yeah, I'm taking Jacksonville and, uh, and the under as well. Jacksonville has a predicted high of 91 with a 5% chance of rain on Sunday. So, no. Okay, so it'll be fine. So, yeah, I'm still taking the over yeah. and I'm still taking Houston to lose by, I don't know, nine points exactly. They're yeah. going to. They've, lost, they've lost their first two games by over 10 points. So I know, be. which is yeah. why this one's going to be closer. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I got no reason <laughs> for that. 
I have absolutely no reason for that take. But I just don't I just don't like taking like and they're on the road too, but like they, they gotta beat them by a million points. There's very few times where I'm gonna take a team getting ten not getting ten points or thirteen points or twelve points, something like that. Um Baltimore is hosting Indianapolis at home. Um it will definitely be raining in Baltimore. Uh Baltimore is favored by eight points and the over under on this game is forty four. I am taking Baltimore as my fourth lock of the week. The Colts will not have Anthony Richardson. And without Anthony Richardson, I did not believe them to have a chance. Uh, Baltimore played Houston the first week and they beat them by 10 plus points. They played, they went into Cincinnati and beat Joe Burrow. They were getting three and a half. And I thought that that's what would make the difference. Even though they're laying eight, I would take this game early before it blows up to like 10, 11, 12 points. Lock in Baltimore for me and take the under. It's going to be a pretty one-sided game. 26-7, 28-10, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore here as well, and I'm locking it in as well. Um, Indianapolis looked decent. Um, They looked good when Anthony Richardson was out there. They looked decent when uh, Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. Um, expect Gardner Minshew to you know to, to try to pass the ball a little bit more um, than we saw with Anthony Richardson. I was really looking forward to seeing this game. I'm, I'm you know, a little upset that Richardson is out. I was just looking forward to seeing you know Lamar Jackson on one side, Richardson on the other. Um, they're not in the same division, so this is not likely to happen on a regular basis every year. Um, but I was hoping to see it this time around just to get that first glimpse of the two of them going up against each other. Um, but it's not going to happen. Um, and Baltimore is the better team. Um, they've played better defensively. They're hosting this game. Um, this is a smash mouth squad that's just just really good at doing what they do, at being who they are, being the Baltimore Ravens, and they're just struggling along the same way that they, they always do. So there's no reason to believe that Baltimore can't get this done um, and, and get, get a win, get a win under the belts. Also looks like Lamar Jackson is more comfortable uh, now uh, in week three or, you know, after, after couple of weeks playing in Todd Munkin's offense. Um, looks like he's a little bit more comfortable. He was making some plays with his arm, making some plays with his legs. He looked really good uh, in that week, too. Uh, they don't have Odell Beckham. Um, they probably won't have Odell Beckham this week because I believe he's, he's injured. Um, but that didn't seem to show slow them down. Zay Flowers is playing well. They got Mark Andrews back last week. Um, and they still have Rashad Bateman and a, and, a, and a host of receivers. And Gus Edwards is still a, a capable running back in that system. So all in all, I think Baltimore has on the bench. Yeah. So all in all, I think Baltimore has still has plenty of offensive firepower to get it done. And their defense is just one of the top one of the top units in the league, especially against the run. So I'm gonna take Baltimore and I'm gonna lay the under on this one. So and, and I'm gonna lay the eight points and I'm gonna lock this in as well as my second lock of the week. All right. Next up we have the Seattle Seahawks hosting the Carolina Panthers. Carolina, um, Bryce Young is nursing an injury. Seattle is one of the better teams in the league. Um, they lost the first week, won the second week as we went over with Detroit. Carolina is low-key one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, Bryce Young is not playing bad, but there's a lack of talent around him because they traded most of it last season. Um, one of their best defenders is hurt. Brian Burns is trying to renegotiate a new contract. Carolina fans are in for a long season. Um, don't expect to win a lot of games. You're still very, very much in rebuilding mode because not only did you get the number one overall pick, but you traded away the talent that you had. 
McCaffrey's gone. T.J. Moore is gone. So do not expect a lot out of this team. I would take Seattle in this game. Um, they're at home. Carolina's going to go across the country. And I don't really believe much in Frank Reich as a head coach. Um, you know, they, I don't know. I just didn't like what he did in Indianapolis. He never had a quarterback, but it is what it is. Sometimes that just happens. I'm going to take Seattle, and this is going to be my last lock of the week. In terms of the 4 o'clock games, this is probably the – yeah, these are all – all these games are going to be blowouts. So go with that. And I'm going to take the uh, over. I can expect Seattle to score a bunch of points, and the defense might let up at the end. I believe the over-under on this game is 42. Maybe it'll just barely hit it like 44, but that's not exactly a solid pick. Lock in Seattle to win this by seven. I'm going to go the other way on the over-under. I think this is the – I'm going to hit the under here. I think this number is really low. Uh, Carolina's looked really bad in Seattle. Um, C- Seattle, aside from the second half against the Rams, Seattle's been pretty good. Um, they were they were good in that first half against the Rams, and they were good for four quarters against the Lions. I watched, them, I watched every snap of that game, as you know, um, and they looked good. They got everything that they wanted to get. Um, on their offenses, on the offense, and their defense played well. Devin Witherspoon, um, coming back as their their rookie corner, um, he he did he did his thing, um, and and made an was able to make an impact. Um, they did lose uh Tariq Woolen, um, their other their their corner on the other side during the game. I don't know what impact that's going to be on on him, um, and his ability to play, but I don't worry too much about whether or not um they're going to be able to. Uh, have a good game against the Panthers, uh, against the Panthers here. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Seattle. Um, I'm not gonna lock it in. The other thing I would say about about Seattle is they've been really good. They looked really good running the football um, between uh, Walker and uh, Zach Charbonnet. They look like they're back to their you know ground and pound. Um, you know, controlling the clock, running the ball, and Geno Smith just hasn't been making mistakes. Um, so yeah, I think Seattle's that game against Detroit will help them right the ship, and now they get another get right game at home against the Carolina Panthers squad that's reeling, that's reeling at this at the moment, and having trouble finding points. Um, so you know, feels feel bad for Bryce. Um, he just doesn't have the offense, the weapons around him yet to be successful, and the defense. Is sputtering uh, in, in in bad moments. Um, they probably, yeah, they, they probably did need at least like another couple of draft cycles before they'll actually be able to 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 boast the type of team around him uh, to help him contend. And hopefully, he just doesn't get himself injured before then. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm taking Seattle and and the under here. The talk this year has been: is he is he big enough to play in the NFL? I don't, and I don't. They don't mean height wise. They mean like physically size wise because he has an ankle injury already. And they don't know if he'll be able to make the whole full season. I'm not doubting that. I think he'll stay upright and he moves well in the pocket. So he's not taking a lot of big hits like Anthony Richardson. Well, unfortunately, and you know what? Through two weeks, there's a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, it feels like. I've been mm-hmm. paying attention more these past couple of years since we've been doing the show, but it feels like there's been a lot more injuries. Like in the past five to 10 seasons, Last year, I remember this many injuries was like, I want to say 2017 or like 2014. Like, it felt like people were just dropping like flies. Like, players were just getting hurt every other week and having this time. Next up, we have the largest point spread of the week, and I'm not shocked. It's the Chicago Bears 
my Chicago Bears going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I believe Travis Kelsey is going to play. Uh, the only person who's questionable for Kansas City is Kadarius Toney. Chicago Bears, unfortunately, will be likely without Eddie Jackson, who left last week's game, who is our, mm. uh, one of our best safeties. If he's the best safety on the team, we'll just keep it 100. Um, Lucas Patrick, Braxton Jones, our left tackle is out. One of our DBs is questionable, Blackwell, and Nate Davis is still out on a personal issue. And Darnell Mooney is questionable. And, oh, yeah, Kyler Gordon is out indefinitely since uh, September 14th out with a hand injury. So our starting safety and our starting corner are questionable. One of our starting wide receivers is questionable. Um, unless DJ Moore is going to have the game of his life and score five touchdowns, I don't see how the Bears win unless the Chiefs really give this game away. Um, this is probably the biggest money line underdog as well. They're on the road. They're getting 12 and a half points. The over-under is 48. I don't expect the defense to be that bad, and I don't expect Kansas City to score that much because Tony won't be there. So, Ken Harris Kelsey might have one or two CDs, but I don't expect him to have three. Um, I expect this game to be under, and sadly, I think Kansas City will cover this game. I expect Justin Fields to improve his play. He's going to hit the open man, just make quicker decisions. And yeah, that's about it. And I like the fact that he came back and um, he told the truth. And that was his first mistake with the media. Never tell the truth. You don't got to tell them nothing. He's actually a really nice guy because he told the truth. And he's like, listen, I don't want you guys to misconstrue what I'm saying. And he's like, uh, I trusted you. Basically what it sounded like, but I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, Bears are not winning this game. I did not have them winning this game. I had them winning last week's game, which is what made me upset. And they had a chance to, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to do it, Ace. You know, I normally hate 12 and a half points. I hate, I hate large spreads. But I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to bet KC, and I'm going to lock them in. Really? Um, this is one lock of your locks in. of the week. This is, this is one of my locks. I, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to do it. But I'm going to, I've never, I never do this. I never bet large spreads. No, you and don't. I never, and I never lock in anything oh. over 10. Um, I don't think I've ever done it in the four years that we've done this show. Um, nope. or the three, I don't know how many seasons I've done the show. Four. I've never, I hate doing this. Um, so, but you're right, man. You're right. Um, I've watched both of those Bears games, um, the one against Green Bay and then the one against Tampa. And it's it's pretty clear there's a talent. They're, they're just, the talent just is not there for them to, um, stay with teams that just flat out just have more have better talent than them. you know are just a more yeah. talented more more well-rounded team they're not a well-rounded organization no. yet um the defensive coordinator just resigned like there's like all this kind of i guess speculation and turmoil just the, field, let's say they won last week right and they got an ugly win people would be like all right mm-hmm. they got a win thank god it's not like they're playing well, so nobody would expect them to win this game. So the spread would be what nine and a half points? Instead yeah, of 12? It'd, be, it'd be ten, right? It'd be, right. It'd be ten. You know, like that's nobody the thing. It's like they just, yeah, they just, um, they just definitely just did not have not looked good at all. And there's, you know, there's 
talks of firing the coach and there's turmoil with the coaching staff. And like I said, the DC just like, like there's just so many things that are just, 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 yeah. Like there's just so many things that are just trending in the direction of this is going to get worse before it gets better. Um, And this may very well be the straw that breaks the camel's back. A KC win 37 to 12 or something like that would be the thing that like would break the camel, probably the straw that breaks the camel's back and, and and gets you know wide wholesale changes uh, occurring in the front office and maybe not in the front office because Ryan Poles has only been there for a couple of years, but at, maybe at 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 the field level or with the coaching staff um, they may make some, make some immediate changes as soon as possible, which sucks because you're already in the season right so you know who how many options do you have actually available you probably have to promote somebody from an interim perspective, uh, so we'll see that we'll see if that happens but I I think KC. I think KC romps here. Um, I think they win by at least two scores, um, oh, possibly right. possibly more. But uh, yeah, right. KC and the under. There's some more information. Um, why can't? Well, I'll give you some reasons why Kansas City may not cover. Nick Bolton is questionable with an ankle. Willie Gay is questionable with an ankle. But Darius Sneed is questionable with an ankle, with a knee injury. So those are three key players on their defense. And Isaiah Pacheco is questionable with a hamstring injury as of this past Wednesday, as of yesterday. So it's not that Kansas City won't win. It's not that Kansas City won't blow them out, but that would be the reason why they wouldn't. Um, Maybe Chase Claypool could step up and make some plays for Chicago. I don't know. But Snead won't be there, so if Chicago can move the ball down the field and Willie Gay is one of their best pass rushers. But Chris Jones is playing. So I would not be concerned about the pass rush. Uh, some of Kansas City's offensive line has some minor injuries, but they all expect to play. Isaiah Pacheco won't be there, so they may affect Kansas City's run game. And Chicago's run defense isn't terrible anymore because they got pretty good linebackers. So I still don't think we cover. If we win this game, this would be, honestly, aside from aside from Carolina beating Seattle or Indianapolis beating Baltimore, this would be the third most shocking game to me if they won. I, this would be this would be more shocking to me if they won. Yeah, I I I feel like it would take a Herculean effort from Justin Fields to win this game. Like, but he could run for two hundred yards in the game. I don't know. He would have to be the best <laughs> player on the field. He'd have to outplay Patrick Mahomes, hmm. and I just That's don't. I, just don't see, I don't see that happening. <laughs> you know. You know what? Um, I hope it doesn't. But I think he'll have his. I think he'll have his squeaky wheel game. I think he will have a very good game here. Yeah. I think. Statistically, you know, I could see 250 plus yards, and he's, you know, it was interesting. I mm. he's never thrown for 300 yards in the game. Not in the pros. Did, no. I did not know that. I did. I was I was yeah. shocked when I heard. I heard. I uh, thought he had one because he had a game last year. He threw for three touchdowns and he ran for one. And I'm like, but he only had 240 yards passing. And I was like, oh, so he just yeah. kept getting down to like the 10 yard line touchdown pass. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe that's how they work the offense. And maybe they use some more Roshan Johnson. I don't know. It's incredible. I mean, the, the, with his arm talent, the fact that he hasn't yet thrown yeah. 300 yards is incredible to me. Just throw all deep balls. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Like, true. Just, just throw DJ 20 Moore, deep he's passes. Fast enough. Yeah. He's like, fast and enough. everybody else on the team. Just send Velas Jones. Put him in the slot. Send him on a fake nine route. Send him on a nine route. Fake post. Double move. Just run deep. You're fast. Mm-hmm. You'll catch it. Yeah. This is my offensive uh, contribution as a sideline coach <laughs> and a frustrated Bears fan. 
send Vellis Jones on a nine route every single third down. Who gives a shit? He catches it. He'll be out there. <laughs> it's it's week he, three. You're playing like – Yeah, like, if he catches like the ball and happens to drop in his fumble, it's a long punt. I just said it's week three and you're calling the game like like your season's over already. Ah, I'm just a little bit negative. You heard me after week one after losing to Green Bay, so it is what it is. Yeah. Next up, we got Dallas at Arizona. The tide for the largest part of the week. Arizona is getting – Somehow, 12 and a half points at home um, over under is 43. It appears Arizona is people like that's a masterful tank job. Like they're trying to look good enough. People want to go there, but not too good that they're going to actually win any games. Nobody thinks they're going to win this Dallas game, but I do expect them to cover. Joshua Dobbs is not making stupid decisions and maybe him sitting down for a while made him a better quarterback. I don't know. He looks good. He can clearly throw the ball. He looked great against the Giants in the first three quarters. Arizona's defense is just not very good. Um, Dallas, I expect them to smother Arizona, but I also expect them to, you know, make smart enough plays to just not mess it up. So I don't expect a lot of points to be scored. So I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take Arizona getting 12 and a half points. I expect the spread to get up to, like, 14 come Sunday because everybody's going to jump on and be like, oh, the Cowboys are going to beat them by 50. But – the fact that it's over under is 43. I don't see how that happens if you don't expect Arizona to score any points. So best bet on this one would probably be the under at 44, 43 and a half. Yeah, I feel like if if you're if you're better than the over here, you're expecting Dallas to score 30 points. Um and and they can, right? This is not the saying that they can't um score that 30 points. I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Dallas. I'm not going to I'm not gonna best bet this one. I'm not gonna go crazy. Here and best bet this one just like I do with KC, but I think Dallas has enough uh, firepower to um, to you know get get the number up to about 30, 30 points uh, against Arizona. Um, well, the Giants scored thirty one against them last week, um, so yeah, it would be surprising for Dallas to do the same or a little bit better than that number. Uh, and Dallas's defense is way better than the Giants' defense, and I expect them to to play They're better than Giants' defense, and they're probably somewhat a little bit better than Washington's defense as well. So I expect them to give Josh Dobbs some trouble. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, score scoring the football. Uh, Josh Dobbs, James James Connor, and and the and the uh, Marquise Marquise Brown and the offensive weapons that they have there in Arizona. Um, yeah, this is a masterful tank job. You know, you know, <laughs> everybody's fully aware tanking, that. Though. Everybody's fully aware that Caleb Williams is is the is the pick here, um, and that if I'm not mistaken, they have two first round picks because they have Houston's pick um, as well yes. uh, going into going into next season. So like even if they mess this up, they they can't mess this up too bad because uh, Houston's Houston's not going to be very good either. So um, yeah, they're 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 quarterback hunting for next year, uh, and then they'll have a. a a quarterback in Kyler Murray that they can trade and get some picks back for as well. So um, they still got Buda Baker though. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yes, they I don't still know have who some assets. To, they have some assets to make some moves with and and do a couple do some nice things with. Um, but yeah, I expect Dallas to win the game. Uh, Dallas should win outright. Um, the only concern I have obviously is uh, Dallas uh, just announced that Trayvon Diggs is going to be out for the season uh, with a torn ACL that he tore during practice today, uh, earlier today. So, you know, that's obviously going to be a a big hit to their defense. I don't think it's going to be much of a 
problem this week, but definitely is gonna gonna show up when they play against better teams with better offenses. Um, but Trayvon was instrumental in being someone that, that takes the Very ball much. away um, and, and gets Dallas more opportunities to score points. That's the only thing I, that's the only way I can see this not trending towards a 12 and a half is if Dallas just has trouble scoring points because they don't reverse the field against Arizona enough and get, get turnovers. Um, but if they get a couple of turnovers, I think this game is going to get ugly really quick. So I'll take Dallas in the over. All right. I just don't see how you get to the over. If you expect them to win by more than 12 I'm sorry. And a half. I'm sorry. The under. I'm sorry. I said like, under. If Dallas beats them 30 to nothing, like they won't go over. And that is right. a, or even 30 to like seven or 30 to 10. That's a real possibility. Um, yeah. Las Vegas hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are getting two and a half points. Um, Chandler Jones is still out for Las Vegas. They have one good player on their team, Las Vegas. It does not appear Josh Jacobs is, I don't know, he's not thriving in this offense. I thought that he would, which is why they held on to them, because he's a good running back and they need him. Um, you know, I probably should have had, uh, what's his name? I always forget this guy's name ever since he left Green Bay. Good Lord, he's doing the Taco Bell commercials too. Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams. I should have held on to Devontae Adams in fantasy, but I did not. I'm taking Pittsburgh here. They're getting two and a half points to run the road. I just don't have very much faith in Vegas. I think they got a lucky win. Um, they'll be lucky to get a win out of this one. And I think Pittsburgh is just a better team. The over-under on this is 43. Um, if we were doing six locks each week, I would probably take this game. But this will probably be the most competitive Sunday night game we see in a while. And if not, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you don't got to worry. You can, you know, go apple picking or, you know, just be out with your kids or take a walk in the park and then come back and chill at home. And uh, Or you can just get drunk all day and then fall asleep, wake up at 8, and then watch your team beat the beat the Raiders. So it should be an easy one for y'all. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, the thing about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh won last week. Against uh against Cleveland, um on that Monday night game, uh short week traveling traveling to Vegas. Vegas did not look very good against Buffalo. Got the got pretty pretty much got their asses handed to them in that game, which is why I'm a little surprised that this number isn't just a straight up pick. Um because Vegas didn't look great in their first week game against Denver. Um and even though they won that game uh, by a point, I believe it was, and then. They went and got the break speed off of them against Buffalo, Pittsburgh, at least, you know, even though they did get get smoked by uh, by San Francisco in that first week, they at least, um, you know, played, played hard, played well and and, and you know, controlled things against Cleveland. And so I would expect Pittsburgh to win this game. Um, not even sure why Vegas is even favored here. Um, but. The thing that worries me about Pittsburgh is obviously their offense. Um, oh, Deontay Johnson's still hurt. That's why. And Deontay Johnson's still hurt, yes. Um, is it Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator there? Everybody's Canada. pretty much – yeah, everybody's pretty much – back to Canada. Yeah, everybody's pretty much rolling on rolling on him. They just can't wait for him to, him to be gone. But um, – and, and hopefully – Hopefully he, they're able to figure it out. It's also a Sunday night game, uh, so this is a you know pretty this is a pretty weak Sunday night game as well. Pretty bad so far. Um, yeah, 
I haven't seen uh, there hasn't been one yet that's been like, oh yeah, that's really intriguing. Like, I, you know, the, the Giants Dallas game should have been better, right? Just just wasn't. I mean, um, week one is always a you know toss up. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'll take Pittsburgh here, and um, I want the I, I'll give the I, I want those two and a half points. I feel like Pittsburgh should be able to take, should be able to take take control of this game pretty early. Um, I want to see what Najee Harris does. He's been really disappointing this year so far this year. He's been disappointing since he got drafted. Um, wow. In, in my in my opinion, uh, it's a battle of Bama running backs: Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs was in Bama. I know that. Wasn't he? I have no idea. I got I'm ninety percent sure Josh Jacobs was a Bama running back. Mm-hmm. Hold on, give me ten seconds. I'll find that out. Keep talking. No dead air. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he played Alabama. Oh shit! Yeah, he did. I remember that. Um, yeah, so the battle of them running back. So we'll see what happens, but I, I, I'll take Pittsburgh in the under. All right. No. Oh, no, wait. That's Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I guess that, that's why they were winning so many years in a row. It's a stable of the best running backs in the league going all the way back to Trent Richardson. Good Lord. Yeah, basically. Um, but then <laughs> they're on their downfall now. Um... Well, Richardson didn't make it in the NFL. Philadelphia at Tampa, the first Monday night game. This is kind of weird. I don't like how they're doing this, but the the two East Coast I Monday night not games. Either. Or at least have one start at like 9 o'clock if you can't have it at like, you know, they're starting one game at 7.15 and then the other game at 9.15. And if you live in Tampa, you're coming home from work. Now I got to rush to the game. I can't even tailgate. Because the game's not at 8.15, it's at 7.15. Anyways, I'm living in Tampa, but. Shout out to all my Tampa people. So I got a few people living down there. Philadelphia, Tampa. Philadelphia, I expect to win this game. Tampa's getting five and a half points at home. The over-under on this one is 46. Just the spread on that. Just the over-under on that. I expect Philadelphia to win this game, and I expect them to cover. Tampa's defense has stepped up. The fact that Chicago was able to move the ball in the second half when they were able to get a little bit more done and test the, test the downfield passes, I expect Philly to do more of the same. Um, they have a better overall team. They have a much better defense. So don't expect uh, Baker Mayfield to have much time. When you have time in the pocket, you can do a lot more. Everybody's healthy in the offense line this year. So it's not like last year when um, Tom Brady was there and you had to get the ball out in two, three seconds or less. And Baker Mayfield with time looks good, and I see why they drafted him first overall. But he's not a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. This will be interesting, two Oklahoma quarterbacks going at it. Um, I'm going to take Philly on the road, and I expect Philly to cover. I'll be watching the Manning cast. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, I, I like Tampa. I'm locking this in. I want those five and a half points. I want I want Tampa, and I want the five and a half points on this one. I mean, I like the I like the road dog. Philly's been okay. Philly looked they looked okay against uh, against New England in Week One. And against Minnesota in week two, I mean, if not for I, – I, I honestly think Minnesota wins that game if Justin, Justin Jefferson doesn't fumble that ball in the second quarter. Uh, Minnesota wins that game outright. Um, so they haven't looked like world beaters, right? They haven't looked that great. And Tampa Bay is playing with some, with, with some house money right now. I don't think Tampa wins the game. I think Philly Philly wins the game, but I think it's a close a closer game than a lot of people are going to get credit for. And, and like you said, Baker Mayfield is showing that he's a capable quarterback with the opportunity and the and the protection up front. Um, Mike Evans is having a, a really good season. 
Um, yeah. And we haven't seen much from the rest of the, the the receivers on this team, but we know that those receivers are there. We know that Chris Godwin is a pretty good receiver. We know they have a decent some decent tight ends, and and they and Rashad White at the running back position has been impressive. Um, yeah. So you know, Tampa Bay is not a slouch. They look like they're they're a legitimate a legitimate team that's going to make that's going to be involved in the conversation as it pertains to their division all the way through. Um, and so as a result, I think that they'll they'll hang tough against Philly, and and they might they may um, they may be able to they may even be able to squeak out a win, but I wouldn't pick it. Uh, I'd pick Tampa Bay and the over. Yeah, Levante Davis is a really good uh, linebacker, and I see why they didn't want to give him up. Um, you know, all of those players should still be happy. They they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They were a playoff team last year. They look like they could be a playoff team again. And actually make some noise in the NFC South. Like, it's very possible they win this division three years straight, even without Brady. It looks like uh, Baker may revive his career. I know it's only two weeks, but, you know, you got to give them credit for the games that they win, and they've won both. And if they win this one, that would be, you know, a wake-up call of Philly because they did kind of disappoint in the second half against uh, Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay. Yeah. New England in terms of covering the spread. But and that may happen again this week. I don't know, but I'm going to take that chance. I think they could win by – Six or seven. Cincinnati hosting the L.A. Rams. Rams are getting two points. Joe Burrow is playing through a calf injury. It is obvious he cannot move like he usually does, and he doesn't look uh, super comfortable back there. Their offensive line is not great. Um, the Rams will be getting pressure up the middle because Aaron Donald is back and he is healthy. I think them going through those injuries last year were able to get everybody back healthy. Puka Nakua is a surprising addition. Um He's playing really well, and McVay is showing why he's one of the best young coaches in the league still. He's really kind of taking the mantle from Bill Belichick, I think, in my opinion, in terms of just being able to consistently win year in, year out. And them having a veteran quarterback is really good for this team. I think it's elevating a level everybody else. And it's interesting that Matthew Stafford is now the senior guy in terms of, like, starters. He's the only other 13-plus-year starter in the NFL that's playing because Aaron Rodgers is out. I was looking at this uh, the other day. The majority, this is the youngest level of starting uh, quarterbacks that they've had, I want to say, in, they said since 1957, in 60 years, wow. something crazy like that. I'm going to drop it into the chat just so you can see. The majority of the guys are in their first to fourth year. That's Anthony Richardson, rookie, C.J. Stroud, rookie, Bryce Young, Brock Purdy, second year, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, all second-year guys. Then there's Lawrence, Fields, Mac Jones, Burroughs in his fourth, Jordan Love's in his fourth, Hertz is in his fourth, and two is in his fourth, and Herbert's in his fourth. That's half the league. Half the league of NFL starting quarterbacks are four years in with their rookie season. I don't wow. think – that's insane, isn't it? Daniel wow. Jones yeah. is in his fifth year. Daniel Jones is now a veteran running back and quarterback. Lamar Jackson is in his sixth season, as is Josh Allen. They're still in their mid-20s, mid to late 20s. I think they're 26 and 27, respectively. Yeah. Which is also the same age as the Rams' backup quarterback. He's the same age. Lamar Jackson is younger than the backup quarterback, Stetson Bennett, for the L.A. Rams. So even if if he has to miss a game, their backup quarterback will have literally played, I don't know, seven years of college football. So he has a ton of experience in big games. I don't know, you know, it's going to take time for him to sit. But the guys with nine to 12 years of experience, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, 
Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, and Ryan Tannehill. Those are the elder statesmen and quarterback of the league. Mm. I'm just kind of amazed by that. I needed to read that from uh, an article I read in The Athletic. I like to credit the uh, writers that I read because it gives me the information to make quality picks. That being said, Cincinnati should win this game. Um, this is kind of a toss-up. This is the Monday Night Football game I'm going to be watching. I will not be watching Philly Tampa. Unfortunately, the Manning cast is not on, so I'll be watching the H15 game, and hopefully they won't have Joe Buck because I'm tired of him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cincinnati should win this game. Um, keep an eye on Joe Burrow. I think the injury that he suffered um, or the injury that he's still dealing with, uh, the calf injury that's been, been hampering him since the beginning of the season or since the preseason uh, is, is the reason why this line is as low as it is. Cincinnati's a better team here. Uh, they're at home. Um, so I, I see no reason to believe that they can't, you know, take care of the, take care of the game against, uh, against the Rams and a two point spread. Um, the Rams did look very good against Seattle, uh, on the road and they, you know, ran up against a much better, much, much more prepared San Francisco team at home. And they lost by, I think 20 points. I think it was 30 to 10 was, a, was the final score of that game. Um, so yeah, I expect Cincinnati to, to get this get this done as well. I'm locking this one in. Uh, it's my fifth my fifth and final lock of the week. Um, I just think that number is too too low. I, I again reserve reserve the right to change your mind in, if for whatever reason Joe Burrow is not playing. Um, but if he's playing, uh, roll with Cincinnati, take give the two points uh, and lock this one in. If he's not playing, and then you've got um, oh yeah, well, I think it's Browning. I think, it's I think that's why he's trying to play through the injury. It's a brand new contract, and he knows without yeah. him, this team, and the coaches know without him, this team does not really have a shot. Yeah, But he may need yeah. to rest. Like, sadly, he may I, need to just rest this a little bit more. He may he very well right. need to rest. And and maybe maybe it's a thing where, you know, you play a couple of games, you get the team back to 500, and if you've got to miss – if you got to miss a game here or there, um, maybe, maybe you can maybe you could do that, or just find opportunities to to rest mid game if you're if you're able to get up up good enough on the, on the teams that you're playing against. If you're able to get a good enough lead, then maybe you can sit the fourth quarter or something like that. I don't know, um, but I, I can't imagine that being at zero and two, looking up at Baltimore that's two and zero, um, and you know seeing seeing things slip away, you cannot get to zero and three. Um, and lose this game against the Rams this this week this 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 Monday night. You have to win this game and right the ship from to some perspective. That's why I would be surprised. I would be shocked if Joe Burrow didn't play. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they need a win. They need a win. Um, just to recap. Way. Yeah, I mean, this is like the fact that I was joking on a group chat. And I said, "Well, the Bears are in the same situation, Cincinnati, and uh, <laughs> was it Cincinnati and?" <laughs> Denver are so I mean you know clearly our quarterback is just as good as Joe Burrow and uh, Russell Wilson so I don't know what <laughs> freaking out about you know I don't see what the issue is hey so, no problem here man can hey, you can't hey win, win. <laughs> like who cares if they win that game people are like well they didn't play well but they found a way to win the kids persevering where that was that he's persevering when he plays bad and they win. Last year, I'm like, ah, it's not on him because he was playing spectacular. You get in the NFL is weird. It's the only sport where you have to play like lights out, and then if you lose, well, I mean, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it's not Russell Wilson's yeah. fault either. But somehow they're finding a way to blame him, which is odd to me. But it is what it is. Um, 
we're going to go. I just want to recap our best bets, mainly because I'm winning. I am seven and four. <laughs> Malik is six and five. And is four and seven. So pay attention to my best bets. And as my dad said on the Tuesday show or Tuesday overreaction Tuesdays, which I've been late getting out to y'all, um, pay attention to my best bets. His dad picks are doing pretty well in college football. His, in the, well, actually, he did much better in the pros than he did in college. He went like uh, three and three in college. But I'm going to have some more college picks for y'all posted on the blog. And uh, follow us on Spotify, uh, uptownparlay.com. And our one sponsor that we still have, Sheets and Giggles, promo code Uptown, 20% discount on all orders. And Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, wherever you get them. Please like, subscribe, auto-download so we know y'all listening out there. Shout out to our listeners in England, in uh, Louisiana. I hope y'all listening to this. Um, you know, that Saints, that Saints New Orleans game is going to be serious this year because both of these teams are actually good. Y'all threw down in the supermarket last year, so I don't know what's going to happen this year. And to all the people that are fighting in the stadiums after hearing about what happened to that guy in New England, yo, y'all need to chill out, man. Like, that dude who hit him, luckily, like, the guy had a medical condition, so he may not be doing, like, serious, serious time, but that guy died. So, yeah, uh, yeah. y'all may need to chill out on the fights. I'm not going to lie, I did laugh at the guy who headbutted the guy while he was in handcuffs in Cincinnati. That did make me laugh because I'm like, everyone is okay. But uh, chill out out there. You know, like, it's a lot of people drinking a lot. People get into it a lot. And I'm going to start out with the shout-outs. I went to the FSU game. So shout-out to BC for covering the spread and putting a scare into all those FSU fans who shook sitting next to me after all of them turnovers. <laughs> they thought they was going to lose to lowly BC, who was 1-1 one one on the season. They were not well in my section. I was sitting in the end zone. Kicker actually for BC, the game would have been tied if he hadn't missed extra point in the field goal. The two extra points that he missed, it literally hit off the crossbar, went into the stands, and the kid threw the football back. I would have been <laughs> taking that home. That never happens. They never missed the net. That was amazing. How do you give that back? I do not know. That was real cool. Um, getting to go back to the, my wife's campus where she went to college. And it was a really fun time. It was really nice weather out there. I got to see two good teams actually play and the tickets wasn't too bad, which is why, you know, people go to out to a lot of college football games and shout out to Colorado for getting that win. Um, overcame a lot, able to get it done. And, you know, y'all need to chill out there with this fighting man and drinking this. Well, the drinking, you know, drink as much as you can handle. Hopefully you can take an Uber home and, or a cab home or something. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Uber after uh, my personal experiences with them, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah, shout out to shout out to the New York Liberty for making it to the, I guess, Eastern Conference Finals against, they don't call it that, they just call it the WNBA Semifinals. But I've been mm-hmm. watching the games. Shout out to them. It's finally good to have a real team that can actually win a title for the NIT for New York. Um, and just shout out to sports in general, man. Fall is back. I'm in, I'm in the swing of everything. I'm enjoying this. It's, it's fun. Hope y'all are listening to everybody in New England who's listening to us, New York, Pennsylvania, wherever. Hope y'all appreciate us. Shout us out on Twitter and on IG, wherever you can find us. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, you took one of mine. Shout out again to the New York Liberty for uh, getting to the WNBA players. Shout out to the WNBA in general um, because 
if you if you don't watch the WNBA, and this is just a, a, a you know notification for you guys if you're not if you're not watching the NBA because I am watching WNBA and I really do enjoy WNBA basketball. But one thing that the WNBA does that the NBA does not do and that we've been clamoring for the NBA to do for the last I don't know how many years it's been is the WNBA resets their playoffs. They say they set their bracket now. It's probably because they don't have thirty teams like the NBA does, right? They don't they have, have twelve that teams. teams, right? They have twelve teams, so they but they reset their bracket. Top eight teams get in, and they go by record. Um, and the matchups, so that so that the you know the, obviously the, the the point there is you get to the point where the top two teams get to play each other in the finals. Um, uh, and and that's the hope, right? Is that is that you're able to to um, to suss that out in a way that, that makes sense? I've been talking about the NBA. I've been wanting the NBA to do it for years, and they don't do it. So cheers, shout out to the the WNBA for for taking that on. Um, you mentioned shout out to Colorado. I'm gonna say shout out to Vegas. Shout out to the Vegas bookmakers for setting a 21 point spread in this. Uh, Oregon Colorado game and making the entire betting world go absolutely bananas because the money is going hard at Colorado right now. Oh, despite the fact that they despite the fact that they lost to Matt Russo with the with his game day preparation yeah. and his 10 dimes <laughs> he's putting on Colorado. Which I, I just I find that very interesting because I mean not having Travis Hunter um and and shout out to him for you know hopefully he gets he gets well gets better soon. Um, not having him is going to be tough for this Colorado offense. And their defense, truth be told, the defense just hasn't been great so far. Um, they let Colorado State pretty much get what they wanted against them last week and um, were able to to win off of the magic of Shador Sanders. But, you know, this has not been a really good team. I don't think they beat Oregon, but I, I think 21 points is a bit is a bit much to lay, uh, even, even at home. Um, but shout out to Vegas for, for like basically making the world kind of go crazy because of two three and O teams and both of them being ranked and them being a twenty one point dog as usual because you're just giving Dion more and more credit you know more and more don't let him win this week I'll put it that way good lord don't let that man win this week <laughs> they win this week and they're hosting <laughs> USC next week he's gonna have fifteen million people watching that yo listen. <laughs> He got 9 million people to watch Colorado, Colorado State. Okay. I don't even know if people knew Colorado State was an FBS team until they played them last week. If you were had, they had Quavo at the game. Like they, like, like they had like, they had like superstar freaking you know, celebrities. Little Wayne brought the model to the field. I had like, never seen Little Wayne in an LSU game when they was killing it. And he's no, from Louisiana. He wasn't. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how, how much he is. Done for for the sport of the college football. This is going to be their like, fourth game. This is America. I, I was national, saying to my pop, "This is America's team." And he said, "Which America?" I said, "My America." This is America's <laughs> team. <laughs> um. So shout out to them. Um. Shout out to Jonathan Taylor. Um. You know, the best thing that could have possibly happened for Jonathan Taylor was all these running backs getting hurt and and possibly making it making it easy for him to actually get traded to a team that needs needs some running back help. Um, he's just sitting around not doing anything and he's seeing his value kind of increase on a regular basis. So I know he's out for the next couple of weeks, but don't be surprised if he winds up getting traded to a team that needs running back help because they lost their guy. So shout out to him for just kind of sitting around waiting and seeing what happens and, and making his money. Um, 
that's my last shout out. Get well soon to Trayvon Diggs. Get well soon to um, Nick Chubb. That was an absolutely brutal hit. I'm glad they did not replay it very, very too many times. I saw it one time, and that was all I needed to see. Did not need to see it again. Um, but get well soon to him. Hope everything works out for him. Hope he's able to come back. And oh, last last but not least, shout out to young man Jerome Ford getting his opportunity. I did watch him a little bit in college. Um, and I was actually I didn't even realize he got drafted. Um, so the fact that he got drafted, got to play with Cleveland and and, and played pretty well in that game against Pittsburgh. It's pretty cool. So shout out to him. I was able to get him in fantasy football on one of my leagues. So shout out to and him for uh, Two quick college picks I think y'all can count on. I've uh, done a lot of research on these. Syracuse is 3-0. They're hosting Army. They got to win by two TDs. They're going to do that. Rutgers looks good. They're um, going to Michigan. They're getting 24 and a half points. Um, they keep covering the spread, so I'm going to keep on betting on them until they disappoint me. And, against uh, teams, Michigan? Against Michigan. They're getting 24 points. 24. 24. Uh, it's a lot of points. So Michigan's that, that good. So I know. This is Jim Harbaugh's first game back. Crowd's going to be hype, but um, Rutgers does not, you know, Rutgers beat the hell out of all the teams that they should have. The fact that Rutgers is somehow 3-0 two years in a row, they beat the breaks off of Virginia Tech. Like, they're not just beating terrible teams. They beat Northwestern Conference game, Temple, Temple's only losses to them, and they beat Virginia Tech, who's actually a pretty bad ACC team. But I don't expect them to beat Michigan. That would be the biggest upset in the history of the Big Ten. It's just the fact that um, – they're not getting destroyed. And also, Oklahoma's going to Cincinnati, 16 in the country, 3-0. I think Oklahoma's actually going to win the Big 12. So everybody listening out there in Oklahoma, y'all got to win by 14 and a half. Cincinnati's not good. Um, Cincinnati lost last week to a team they shouldn't have. They lost to Miami of Ohio, which is the first time they've lost to them in 16 seasons or 17 seasons since 2005, I think, when Ben Roethlisberger was there, or 2004, <laughs> I think it was the senior year. I'm not even joking, right? Because I think oh, – Five or oh four was yeah. the draft he was oh, four, in. Oh, four was he got drafted. He so got that drafted was the last time they lost to them was Ben Roethlisberger senior year versus a rivalry game for the wagon wheel. So I do not expect Cincinnati to do much against uh, Oklahoma at home. Um, I don't expect them to cover. Oklahoma has been crushing teams. They dropped sixty six on Tulsa last week, which is a technically a rivalry game, and they were at Tulsa. Okay, let me point that out. They were at, away last week and they scored sixty six. The lowest scoring game they've had so far, Oklahoma when they scored 28 against SMU at home. So take the over and take Oklahoma. There you go. And we out. Peace.